Hey, we are back, and this is Things Christians Want to Know, and we are Paul Anderson. Say hi, Paul. Hi. And I'm Nate Johnstone, and we have been talking the last couple weeks about hearing God, how to hear the voice of God. Um, Sometimes both hear and voice are in quotes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we don't always hear the audible voice of God, right? I'm jumping right in here, folks. Um, the, the audible voice of God is a real thing. My mother-in-law has heard the audible voice of God. I know a number of people who have heard God, like, with their ears, physical mm-hmm. ears, and that's great. It happens in the Bible, you know, several times. Um, but it's pretty rare. You know, mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. Have you ever experienced that? No, I don't think I have. No. And so, I mean, there have been times where I've heard, quote, unquote, in my mind, what sounded very loud in my mind, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. Like, sometimes you have a thought really loud, like, especially if it's a... If you're experiencing a moment of panic or a moment of extreme emotion, like that, that sensation is very loud in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've experienced God speaking that way. Um, and it was actually like, it's been a number of times and a couple of them were sort of panic moments. Like, mm-hmm. do not do that. Mm-hmm. Like warnings. Yeah. And so they were, they weren't harsh, but they were stern. And I remember one, I was in a counseling session and I was considering saying something out of naivety that would have been terrible in retrospect to say potentially very damaging to the person even and so as i was having that thought in my head of should i oh should i say this the spirit of god was like do not say that do not Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa like it startled me and i was like okay so i didn't say it and then as the person continued sharing i was like I'm so glad I didn't say that because <laughs> they were they were in a place where that could have been really difficult. So um, if we talk about how God speaks, we're also kind of saying how God guides. Right. Guide would be another way to say how God speaks. Absolutely. And in John 10, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Yes. And so the voice of God and the guidance of God are hand in hand, very much so. Being yes. in the will of God necessitates being able to hear the voice of God. They're, they're, it's, all, it's all part of the package, part of the mm-hmm. Christian walk. We even talk about the Christian walk, yeah. right? Well, how are we supposed to walk after our shepherd if we don't know how to hear his voice? Yeah. Um, and so we talked about that you know, last week, and we're going to continue talking about that this week. And I, this is an exciting topic to me. I think it's so important. I, I really I, like this I topic. really feel that even when people first become Christians, I think this is one of the first things we should teach people. Mm-hmm. when they become Christians. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to learn a bunch of theology. Um, I think they need to l- get to know Jesus as best as they can. Mm-hmm. And I think you do that best through the Word and through learning to hear him, him himself. Yeah. <laughs> Let Jesus tell them what they should learn now. Let Jesus tell them what their relationship should be like as opposed to inundating them with a bunch of theology and the other things we do to Christians right after they become Christians, which I think is sometimes unhelpful. Um, I think this is one of the most important things for us to learn. And I have found that young people can learn it very well. Mm-hmm. You know, my own kids are learning how to hear the voice of God. That's so wonderful. And I, I find that it is not difficult for them mm-hmm. to do that. Certainly no more than adults, maybe even easier mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and I have, but I have also found, I mean, I've preached this to people in their 90s. I mean, I had a lady who was 90 and it was constantly come up to me and said, I wish... 
I had known this when I was a young woman. I mean, if you, if I had heard this when I was 75, <laughs> my, my, my life just could be so much different right now. <laughs> 75. I, I tried really hard not to laugh out loud. I think I did manage to not laugh out loud. I've certainly laughed many times since. Um, but she was serious because like 15 years learning how to hear, living in a, in a way where you are following your shepherd is a, so, is a much sweeter 15 years. Absolutely. Um, than wandering around in the desert aimlessly, wondering if we're anywhere near God. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I think that is so many Christians. They wander around aimlessly, just hoping against hope that they're somewhere in the vicinity of God at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not how we're, that's not how it's meant to be. So let's, let's continue moving on, pressing on in this topic, Paul. Good. What have you got in mind? Well, God guided Israel with a cloud and a pillar of fire in the wilderness. So God, even in the wilderness, God was guiding them. Yes. Yeah. But what do we have today? We've got the internal GPS of the Spirit. Under way the new way better. More personal, more accurate. Jesus said that the Spirit speaks. We already looked at that passage last week from John 16. Sometimes the voice is not a voice. Obviously, it's, it's often not. It's sometimes a picture, an impression, or a conviction. That, too, can be the God within directing us. The Holy Spirit speaks spiritual truth. But I found he also speaks practical truth, as with my illustrations of the car, the, the two examples with the car. It was just practical information that he wanted me to know. So let me share four truths mm-hmm. on developing a listening ear. Sound okay? That sounds great. Okay. First, I concentrate on the Spirit's ability to guide or to speak. My focus is not Ooh, on my needing right. to hear, That's good. That's but funny. on His ability to speak. That's a really good emphasis. Yes. Worry that you haven't heard accurately puts the ball in your court, and it should never be in your court. Yep. Leave it in His. So, a couple uh, illustrations of that. So, Bob Kogler told me, on Friday that he was going to pull his three boys out of our Christian school. I was pastor in San Pedro at Trinity Lutheran, and we had a school. It wasn't a big school, maybe 80 students, K through 12, and he had three kids. I really liked his boys, and I didn't want him to pull them out of the school, but I said, Bob, you're the dad, and if you need to pull them out, then I'll go with that. And then I said, I would encourage you to put the ball in God's court so that you know you're hearing accurately. And here's how I said it. I said, tell him what you're going to do, and if he has anything to say about it, he could let you know. Just tell God, I'm taking the boys out on Monday. If you want to speak to me, you can. So, on Monday, here are three boys in the school. Yeah. And I said, what's up, Bob? The boys are here. And he said, God gave me a dream telling me that I was to keep them in the school. Wow, really? Isn't that something? Cool. So, uh, if we don't take it upon ourselves, but say, God, I want to do your will. Mm -hmm. I want your will. So you communicate your will to me. I shared that with a girl. I was speaking on this subject, hearing the voice of God at a Bible school in Canada. 
And afterwards, a girl came up almost in tears. She could hardly get the words out. She said, I've got to pick my internship. And I've got three places, three different churches, and I have no idea how to choose. And I'm, I'm really concerned that I'll, I'll make the wrong decision. I hear this often. You know, is, yep. it, is this the right person I should marry? Is this the right graduate school I should go to? Is this the right internship? And uh, I like to tell them what Yogi Berra said. Uh, you probably heard this before. When you come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that isn't very kind because they're saying, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, passivity is a killer when it comes to, yeah. to getting guidance from God. And so you're moving toward God. Waiting upon God doesn't mean you're, you're being silent. You're moving toward God. You're listening for God, and you're wa- expecting God to speak to you. So I said, do you have any preference? I call this the tilt. Do you have any preference? He said, well, maybe St. John's. You know, they're all good, but St. John's I'd probably pick if I had to make a choice. And I said, okay, this is easy. This is not hard. The tilt. You, if you're 55 on one and 45 on the other, you say, God, I'm thinking about going to St. John's. When do you have to make a decision? She said, by Friday. I said, okay, on Thursday. You tell God, I'm going with St. John's. And if you have any opinion about that, let me know. Please change my mind. God knows how to do it. Yeah. Here is Joseph, who's about ready to divorce the woman who's carrying the Son of God in her mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. That's devastating. That's a bad decision. Is God nervous? No. He, he has any number of ways to get through it. He will speak to Joseph. Mm-hmm. And so he chooses in this instance to give him a dream, an angel in a dream, and it says when Joseph got up, he did what the angel told him to do. God can get through to us. God speaks. And when I say speaks, he guides, he confirms his will in a many different ways. Maybe a picture, an impression, a conviction, uh, a variety of ways that God can get through to us. And so we simply let him be God. Mm-hmm. I think of one more. Dan Quantz was living in our home, and he came to me, and he said, I think I've got to move out. I said, Dan, we love having you here, but if you got to go, you got to go. And he said, I, I don't have that job I was hoping for, and so I think I move out. I said, when? Well, probably by the weekend. I said, okay, here's what you need to do. Put the ball in God's court and say, God, I'm, I'm moving out. If you have anything to say about that, let me know. I'm subject to your will. I'm not doing it on my own. I don't have a choice. And so he uh, prayed that prayer. He Walked by the kitchen. Johanna was in the kitchen. He says, I think I have to leave. And he almost, his, his voice almost cracked when he said it because he wasn't real happy. He got downstairs, got in his room. Within 10 seconds, Bethel, 
university call and said, that job that you've been wondering about, it's yours. And he was so surprised that God spoke so quickly to him. Mm. That's the one he was waiting for mm. that he said, well, can you give me 24 hours to think about it? And he, he, they said, yes. And so he ran up. He said, I'm confused. They just called from Bethel. I said, what are you confused about? Yeah. He said, oh, I guess I'm not confused. And he, he called him back. Surprise! Yes, yes. If we let God be God and let God speak, mm -hmm. he's the one. God spoke to him and said, you've got the job. And uh, he gave it to the Lord. So that's the that's first so thing. That's so great. So you're saying, first of all, we, we can't be passive in this process. That's so important. We don't sit around and say, well, if God wanted me to ever do anything in my life, he would somehow show up and magically make it happen. Yes. And <laughs> we could go for weeks on that because I think that's a huge problem in Christianity, especially in America, is just passivity. We have this weird... God has a magic wand, and if he ever wants us to do anything, he'll show up and wave a thing, which is just so not true. And so we can't be passive in this. We have to ask God to speak to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. God, please, I need to hear your voice. I need to. I need guidance. I need direction. I need to know your will. I need to hear your voice. Please speak to me. Um, so we're active in that process. But we're also, we're, we're leaving it up to God, and we're not focusing on our own ability to hear which is good because I don't want to, I don't want to have to rely on my own ability to hear God mm -hmm. because what if I hear wrong? What if I'm not that great at it? What if I'm too emotionally invested in this situation and I just can't hear right or I skew it or I twist it to my own devices subconsciously? Um, uh, that happens, you know, a lot. And so instead we're focusing on God's ability to speak and we're putting the ball in his court. So it's risky. You know, it's risky. We're, we're, we're being active, but we're putting the ball in his court. We're passing him. We're passing him the ball. Yeah. And saying, your turn. Yeah, I'm trusting you to do it. And, and, and doing, people, people don't like giving up control like that. In doing that, we still need to make a decision. Uh -huh. Because if we say that and then wait for something, I think of a guy, we'll call him Jerry. He really wanted to marry this gal but he didn't want to make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And he wanted, you know, God's perfect will. And you've heard people, sure. is this God's perfect will? And he didn't want to mess with God's perfect will. And so Which he, is for him to never, ever sin again. So Yes. <laughs> so he waited kind of passively. Yeah. And he waited, and he was waiting for some voice. And what he should have done, what I would have encouraged him to do, is say, do you have an opinion on this? Do you do you really like her? Do you, do you, is this the girl you'd want to spend the rest of your life? Yes, I would, but I don't know if it's God's will. Well, tell God that you want to. And if he's got an opinion, he can tell you otherwise. And that because you're going to get engaged to her on June 1st, if he doesn't give you any other guidance. So you're not, you're not sitting passively waiting and hoping that God says something and then you can hear. That puts really puts the emphasis on you. Mm -hmm. So you're you're but you're active. You're stepping in. Dan stepped in. He says, "I'm going to move. I'm going to leave." Bob stepped in. He said, "Okay, you can tell me. I'm going to take the boys out if you have a different opinion." So that you're, I told this girl, you make a decision, like St. John's. Yep. Uh, I think it was St. John's. That that's a good decision. But then you you bring God into that decision making. So. Yeah. 
that's a it's and a the, good way. Of, the word uh, it's a psalm. I can't remember. I'm looking in my notes here, but I can't remember the the reference. But um, a man chooses his path, and the Lord guides his steps. Yes, and I think that is that's exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You choose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You say, God, here's here's my path. Here's where I'm going. Now you guide my steps, including taking me down a different path. <laughs> yes. If if if, yes, yes. if I'm on the wrong one. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, this is the way I'm going to walk. Yes. So a man chooses his path, and the Lord guides his steps. So it's a cooperative effort. It's not a man sits on his butt and never moves until the Lord picks him up and tosses him down a path of God's own mm -hmm. choosing. That's not how it works. Yeah. In we fact, Abram, Abraham went out. He's walking, not knowing exactly where he's going, but he's walking. Yes. He's moving. Waiting on God is not waiting silently and inactively. It's it's you're in motion toward God. So uh, that's yeah. the first thing. We concentrate on God's ability to guide, God's ability to speak. Second is we ask the right questions. At point A, you ask B questions. And an E question for a girl anticipating her first date is, should I marry him? That's, that's too much. It put, you're not ready to ask that question. A good B question might be, should I spend time with him? It'd be easier to hear that. I have found that I can hear the immediate mm -hmm. much better than the ultimate. That God, at least in the way he guides me, he doesn't guide me 10 years in advance. People talk about a five-year business plan. Five year. Man, I don't have a five-month or a, a three-month. I am, I am listening to the Lord uh, daily. What about somebody who's a sophomore in college and wondering about the, uh, about the future? What, what should I do with my life? No, that's a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Is this a good major for me? That's a good question. Should I major in something else? What, what do you think I should major in? Those kind of things, they're more the immediate than the ultimate. And God tends to unfold his plan one step at a time. I agree. I agree. God... God is a God of the now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and he speaks in the now. And in, in um, the original you know, language, there's two words for speaking, the way God speaks. There's logos and rhema. Mm -hmm. And they're, those are different words. They mean different things. Logos tends to mean the written word. Um, it's also used for Jesus himself in John 1. He himself is the word, the embodied word the written word of god and then there's the rhema the now word of god the spoken mm -hmm. word of god and there's 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 a subtle difference between the two they're both the word of god but but there's a subtle difference like for example in the lord's prayer jesus says give us this day our daily bread and i've i've taught for for many years that i believe that although that is on the one hand a prayer for provision I think on the other hand, it's for the Hebrews, it would clearly, daily bread would clearly have been a reference to manna. That's, that's how they would immediately have understood it. Daily bread is manna. I mean, if you're a Hebrew, that's drilled into your psyche, right? This concept of daily bread. And manna was given for a really specific purpose um, in, in the word of God, which is uh, interesting. And you'll have to pause it while I look it up. It's...
Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 is where we read about manna and about what that was all about. And verse 3 of Deuteronomy 8 says, this is um, God speaking to the people now. This is before the law was given through Moses. And he humbled you. This is Moses speaking on behalf of God to the people. And he humbled you and let you hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know, so there's a lot of knowing going on here, that he might make you know, and here it is, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So what was the whole purpose of manna? It wasn't just to give them food. God had a million different ways to give them food, right? He was giving them manna every day in the way in which he gave them to teach them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And listen to the way that's, that he speaks that every word that comes now, present tense, from the mouth of God. So not from the pen of God, not written in a law. That The law hadn't even been given yet. Okay? So daily bread, manna, meant the words that God speaks now, every day. Just like every single day you need bread to physically live. You need food to keep your physical body healthy and alive. You need the word of God as well to keep your body, your spiritual self healthy and alive. And again, that the daily bread doesn't mean read the Bible every day. That's, there's, that's great. Do that. Sure. Um, but this is before the Bible was given. It's talking about the word that comes now from the mouth of God. So it's this rhema word of God, the spoken word of God. Um, which is what you're talking about, this now aspect of the way in which God speaks. God speaks now. He embodies the now. He's an incarnate God right now with us. And so I believe that most of what God wants to speak to us, communicate to us, is about now and the immediate future. And we need to listen to him now. <laughs> and, and every day, I, I think every day, I think a prayer for daily bread is a prayer that we understand and submit to the fact that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And God, I need you to speak to me today. I need that sustenance. I need you um, to speak to me, to guide me today. Because maybe there's something he wants me to do today that he wouldn't have told me about yesterday or that wasn't prepared for me yet yesterday, but now it is. And if I'm too lazy to bother to ask him, well, I might miss it. I might miss something that God wanted me to do that would, that would really impact another person's life, for example. You know, um, if, if I see somebody at the gas station across from me pumping gas and I'm like, I don't feel like talking with them. I'll do something on my phone. Well, if I had previously said, Lord, guide me today, lead me to where you want to take me, speak to me, anything you want to speak to me. If I had maybe prayed that, Maybe God would now be like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to talk to this person, encourage this person. You know, this guy's thinking about suicide. Who knows what's going on in the minds of the lives of the people around us? God wants to use us. And we need to be, we need to put ourselves in a position where God can use us by saying, shepherd, here I am. Let me follow your voice. Guide me the way you want me to go. And so I, I really think this, this whole aspect of God speaks now for now is really important. He's not going to give us the 20 year down the road plan. This is very interesting because I saw you at the gas station uh -huh. last week and I was praying and I was saying, God, do you want me to talk to this person who is pumping gas? And he said, uh, go on over. 
So I went over and I said, I like your Volvo. We talked about Volvos for a while. And then I said, I am uh, a little bit crazy. When I go to gas stations, I pray while I'm pumping gas. Is there anything I can pray? And he started to laugh. And uh, he said, I am a Christian. I said, so am I, obviously. He said, I work at Northwestern. And I said, I live next door to Northwestern. You probably know Drew Shep. He said, I've heard all about him. I want to meet him. So we had a wonderful conversation. I'm looking for people that I can perhaps lead to the Lord or pray for who are going through a struggle. But this was the serendipity. It was just fun to meet a, a fellow Christian. So you, you, when I went over to see you, you said, no, I've got, I've got something going. So I didn't talk to you, but I did have a good time talking to him. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, because you were open to that and listening, you know, maybe you were able to encourage that guy. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. And how, how wonderful is that? Uh, I think many people want to do that. They want to be used by God, or I, I don't even like the phrase used by God, but they want to partner with God to do something that actually makes a difference in the world somehow. Yes. But again, we expect, some, for some weird theological reason, we expect God to show up and be like, do this, thus saith me, you know? And, but that's not how it works. It's, it's usually much subtler than that. It's a still small voice. It's us humbling ourselves to say, I need to hear you speak. Give me my daily bread. Yes. I need to hear you speak. Shepherd, I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to follow. I need you to speak so I can hear you and follow in that direction. That's a humility piece that I think we need to get better at doing um, to humble ourselves and then to follow. Not passively, <laughs> um, but, but actively. We're an active part of this, of this process. And God, God speaks about now. Very rarely in my life has he told me about things way down the road. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen in 20 years. When you're this age, you're going to marry somebody, you know, like, or the first time I meet my wife, that's, you're going to marry her, you know, like God doesn't usually do that because I think this is conjecture, but I think I could prove it if I had the time. Um, God's about relationship mm-hmm. and that means walking hand in hand with him day by day. And I think that if he gave us the Cliff's Notes bullet points of our life, we would be much less likely to walk hand in hand with them because we wouldn't have the desperation to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We would already know. Yeah. And he knows us well enough to know that we would have a tendency to not draw near to him. And so I think he uses the fact that we want to know what's going on and we want to see and we don't. I think he uses that desperation, that lack, that need. He uses that to draw us closer and to bring us into a deeper relationship with him, which is what we ultimately actually need the most. We don't actually need to know about the stupid job thing. <laughs> what we really need is to draw closer with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I think he uses that desire we have to, to follow, to understand, to bring us closer. And if, he, if God used texts, we wouldn't spend time with him. Mm-hmm. That's, it's sad, but true. We, most people, oh, of course I would, of course I would, you know, but nah, I don't know. I don't know how many of us really would. Um, and so I think God God gives us step two, step three, down the path. You know, the Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet yes. and a light to the path. It's not a floodlight to the destination. God's word is not a lamp, or it's not a light that shows down to the end of the path. It doesn't show the city or the village you're going to. It shows your feet and the path right in front of you, the steps you're about to walk, you, thy word is a lamp to my feet. And I think that that is probably 
there's a there's a lot of psalms apparently that really talk about this we mentioned another one last week but um it that's a real key for me anyway that this is what i expect god i expect you to help me to see the next few steps mm -hmm. and i have found that god speaks very readily about my current immediate life yeah and what he wants to happen in the immediate future when i'm asking him the five year down the road questions there's a lot of crickets chirping mm -hmm. and, and a lot of silence Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that he's obviously unable to speak those things he is unwilling to and presumably that is for my benefit so I'll allow it <laughs> yep uh, let's wrap that up this week and then we'll, we'll come back next week and um, finish off these next two points is that okay or did you have another thing to throw in just a quick one in that same subject yeah When I'm out and about, I want to be listening to the Lord. So I'm at by swingers, uh, picking up a part for my blower, and the guy behind the counter is waiting on somebody else, and it's taken a long time. So I'm thinking, this is taking longer than I expected. So I tried to relax, and I was watching him, and he went like this with his arm. Like, ooh, and he grimaced. Mm. And so I was conscious of that. So he, he came over to me and I was praying. And I said, what's with the arm? And he told me about an injury that he had and it's giving him a lot of pain. And there was somebody waiting, but they were waiting a little ways back and I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. But I said, well, could I pray for you? And he said, yeah. And so I, I said, I'm just going to put my hand on it. And I said a quiet prayer, ask God to take away the pain. And as I did, I thought, when I come back, next time that's going to be gone. So that's my hope. So I like when I'm out, I wish I'd listen more. But Karen and I do that sometimes when we're on a date. We're at Lake Calhoun, and there's a gal that was sitting next to us. She just struck up a conversation with Karen. And so we asked her personal questions, and she said, I'm very lonely. Well, what a wonderful thing to have God speak to you about somebody else. Like you say, it's right in the immediate. We're mm -hmm. not asking the ultimate. We're asking the immediate question. God, we want to pray for her. We want to help her. So it's a wonderful tool that God gives us. To listen and then follow, obey his mm -hmm. guidance. It may not yep. be a voice, it may be his guidance. And we feel confident, yes, we're, we go ahead. We get a yes, we, we get a nod from heaven, yeah. as it were. That's good. Well, next week we'll talk more about some of those different ways. Good. I think that would be good that God communicates. So come back next week and hear some more.